come to consider the Bible in the news this week, we observe a world further gripped in fear of the coronavirus and world financial markets that have been thrown into uncertainty as a result. We are also watching heightening tensions between Turkey and Russia in northern Syria, where Russia has the upper hand, wondering where that will end up, and of course the ongoing developments in Israeli and U.S. politics leading up to elections in those countries. The king of the universe is continuing to work out his purpose, and so we wait to see what may develop from these things that is of consequence to the end-time events that God has told us about in his prophetic word. But it's in other news this week that we want to focus our attention. The results of a poll of 16,000 respondents from 16 European countries were presented on Monday at an anti-Semitism conference in Paris, organized by the European Jewish Association. The results are quite concerning, part of an ongoing trend that is in line with what we would expect, given where we are in the prophetic timeline. The Times of Israel news site reported on the results of this poll on the 26th of February, under the headline, one in five Europeans say secret Jewish cabal runs the world, survey finds. And I quote, One in five Europeans believe that a secret network of Jews influences global political and economic affairs, a recent survey found. The same number also agreed with the statement, Jews exploit Holocaust victimhood for their own needs. The poll queried 16,000 respondents from 16 countries. It was conducted in December and January in Austria, Belgium, the Czech Republic, France, Germany, the United Kingdom, and Poland, and other countries. In other findings in this report, it was noted that a quarter of respondents said that Israel's policies make them understand why some people hate Jews. The report goes on, Holocaust revisionism and classic anti-Semitic stereotypes were more common in Eastern Europe, whereas anti-Israel sentiments, including anti-Semitic ones, were more common in the West, according to Rabbi Slomo Koves, chairman of the Action and Protection League. The Budapest-based group is affiliated with the Hungarian Jewish community's main watchdog on anti-Semitism. It was similar stereotypes and propaganda that led up to the Nazi Holocaust during World War II. A classic example can be seen in the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, a fabricated anti-Semitic text first published in Russia in 1903 that described a Jewish plot for global domination, which of course is exactly the idea that's come out in this poll that has just been done. The Nazis used the text as propaganda against Jews, Teachers gave it to German schoolchildren to read, despite the fact that it had been exposed as fraudulent. And Wikipedia notes that it is still widely available today in numerous languages, in print and on the internet, and continues to be presented by some proponents as a genuine document. While turning to Bible prophecy, we find a consistent theme which speaks of nations coming against Israel, in particular Jerusalem, contemporary with the restoration of the Jews to their ancient homeland and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth. 
We read from Joel chapter 3, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. It's verses 1 and 2. A horrific picture is presented in Zechariah chapter 14. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Verse 2. And again in Revelation and chapter 16, commencing there at verse 13. I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of demons, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. This testimony from the book of Revelation is that this invasion of Israel, here identified by the fact that the place name is Hebrew, called in the Hebrew Armageddon, comes as a result of the frog-like spirits of demoniacal insanity that developed out of France and its revolution working on the nations, and in particular on Europe, Russia, and the papacy. We have seen such a spirit in humanism, which has manifested itself in anti-God and anti-Israel movements politically and on university campuses around the world. And given what the prophets say, and given the parallels to the lead-up to the Second World War, we may wonder if there will be another holocaust. Although a limited exile is described in Zechariah with half of the city, we do not believe that a holocaust will be the outcome considering the full testimony of Bible truth. However, Zechariah 13 verses 7 to 9 describe what sounds like a holocaust. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people." And they shall say, Yahweh is my God. Well, what are we to make of this? Here we have two-thirds that are put to death, and a third that remains, which is brought through a period of um, trial by fire and refinement. Well, if the words of verse 7 sound familiar from our reading of the Gospels, it's because Jesus quotes them, to his disciples after they leave the upper room just before his trial. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. 
And later on in verse 56, this is uh, Matthew 26, we just quoted verse 31, verse 56, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And so this is the context of Zechariah chapter 13. So if we were to understand the verses that follow this, then we need to consider the Lord's valuable commentary here and take that into account. When Peter opens his first letter, writing to the dispersion, the Greek word that's used there is diaspora, his reference to a coming trial of their faith may relate to the beginning of this refining process, one which is not yet completed. We read in 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Similar language of the three parts is used in Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel chapter 5, where this is described there in verses 1 to 4. And we're not going to um, read it all here. It's included in the print version online if you want to go and check that out on www.bibleinthenews.com. But verse 12 gives the interpretation of what would come upon the nation at the hand of the Babylonians, where we read, A third part of thee shall die with the pestilence and with famine, shall they be consumed in the midst of thee. A third part shall fall by the sword round about thee, and I will scatter a third part into all the winds, and I will draw out a sword after them. Well, it's the Christadelphian writer John Elfrey in his book on Ezekiel that comments on the similarity of language regarding these two passages. And he says it's interesting to note that Zechariah makes a similar prophecy concerning the Jews in the time of Jesus, referring first to the cause of their judgment, the rejection of Jesus. He then speaks of the nation in a similar way to Ezekiel, dividing it into three parts. And he mentions those parts here and says of this third part that survived the Roman Holocaust it is said I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. The refining process designed to remove the dross from that nation continues and will not be finished until the Lord returns to deliver them from the burning heat and bitter destruction. That inter intermittently has been their lot since they rejected their Messiah. As is noted here, the obvious implication from the context in verse 7, where it refers to the um, flock being scattered, is that the cutting off of the two parts in Zechariah had a fulfillment with the horrors that commenced at the time of AD 70. And I'm just reading from Matthew 23, the section there is verse 35 to 39. We read that upon you, that is upon the nation, may come all the righteous blood shed from the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, he says, 
Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. As Jesus said it would be, it was a time of great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. The time of the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. And we have that recorded in Matthew 24, verses 15 to 16 and verse 21. Well, Josephus, of course, describes the terrible devastation by the Romans on the nation in the wars of the Jews, including the death of over a million Jews in the siege of Jerusalem. He says, Neither did any other city ever suffer such miseries, nor did any age ever breed a generation more fruitful in wickedness than this was from the beginning of the world. Finally, they brought the Hebrew nation into contempt. He says, the entire nation was now shut up by fate as in a prison, talking about when the Roman army encompassed the city. Um, a number had come in over and above what was normal for Passover. And he says, accordingly, the multitude of those that therein perished exceeded all the destructions that either men or God ever brought upon the world. For to speak only of what was publicly known, the Romans slew some of them, some they carried captives, and others they made a search for underground. And when they found where they were, they broke up the ground and slew all they met with. And we read about that in book five and six of Josephus in his um, Wars of the Jews. The Jewish Encyclopedia also refers to the second revolt that came about 65 years later, and a number of Jews were then killed in that battle, over half a million, not including those that um, succumbed to hunger and pestilence. And the Jewish Encyclopedia concludes this by saying, indeed, the end of the Jewish nation had come. And I put the quote for that on the printed version. The outcome of Israel's future humiliation could not be more different than what we see from these past ages. Although the Russian Gog and his coalition will come with an evil purpose as a cloud to cover the land against the mountains of Israel to take a prey and to take a spoil, and will get as far as setting up his palace in Jerusalem, his celebrations will be short-lived. We know that the Almighty will intervene with earthquake, fire, and pestilence, and Gog will quickly fall upon the mountains of Israel and shall come to his end, and none shall help him. We read about that in Ezekiel 38 and 39, Daniel 11 and verse 45. And so the Almighty will send his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and will intervene in those events. But no doubt when this happens, the faces of Israel and Judah will be turned into paleness, as the prophet Jeremiah describes it. He says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Chapter 30, verse 4, verses 6 and 7. So God will break the yoke of the oppressor off the neck of his people, and will speak words of consolation to them, saying, Fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith Yahweh, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for I am with thee, saith Yahweh, to save thee. Jeremiah 10, or sorry, Jeremiah 30, verses 10 and 11. 
So in the end, the faithful third will finally be refined and saved. And so we pray that a further Holocaust will be prevented. This has been Daniel Billington with you on www.bibleinthenews.com as we continue to watch for the Bible in the news. We look forward to having you back with us again next week. <music>